0: i just joe spilled just, so joe beer. just spilled some beer oh i'm so sad you're gonna have to do so many push-ups after this episode for that i'm
1: so sad i'm, I'm sorry about your cover you but guys I'm are listening
0: sad. to disc golf tragedy disc golf beer review tragedy why don't you talk
1: i'm gonna finish this because i super
0: party foul i feel
1: bad about myself super party
0: and my beer. what's up disc golfers welcome to episode eight of the disc golf podcast i am robin along with my co-host joe say hello Hello! So, <laughs> considering that, that last week's episode was Sunday because it was episode 7, this is episode 8, which we deemed the Ocho, correct? Right, this is the Ocho. Because you felt that was important.
1: Um, I just really wanted it to be the Ocho. Okay. Sometimes, it, sometimes you just really want something, and that's what I wanted. And that's what's happening.
0: It could also be the Headless Snowman episode, which is the score you never want to put on your scorecard. Yeah, that's not as fun. The Ocho is like a fun, I mean, cool yeah, thing. I, I agree. But, you know,
1: sometimes it happens. Hey, I, I did not have one of those this weekend. I came real yeah. close a couple times.
0: I, I can't remember the last time I had to put that down, and and I don't want to think
1: about it. Island wallet at Taylor? Probably. Yeah. No, I think my... Yeah, maybe. Which doesn't exist anymore. Thanks, neighbors. <laughs>
0: So we had a wonderful weekend of disc golf. We had a great time. We played uh, Skyline over in Napa and gave away uh, a disc to our Deer Review winner last week. He actually was a local player from
1: Napa, California. Purely coincidence.
0: (laughs) There was no regional bias is what I think we're getting at. So we brought over to him. We sent him a message asking what molds he threw and brought him a bottom stamp Star Destroyer. For his suggestion of the Gator, and uh, and Andy Gator, right,
1: which is what a Louisiana brewery, right? So there's no Mississippi. Regional... I no, I think it's Louisiana. Oh, was it? He was from the oh, yeah, right. same Yeah, you're so right. Louisiana. So there's there there goes the regional bias. Yeah.
0: So that was good. We played around with them, had a good time, saw an ace. We did, dude. Uh, we played with hit an ace, which was cool.
1: It was. Um, I had a great round hanging out. I did not have a great round playing, but that's all right. We had fun. Joe
0: provided the comic relief as usual.
1: Yeah. Uh, Not only with my play, though, which is good. Yeah. I mean, mostly with my play, but, uh, you know, I threw in some fart jokes. (laughs) You know how I do. (laughs) While people were putting. No, I waited until they were done. I really tried to get one out, though, during the putt. Listen, I was losing by a lot. I lost by a lot. It really wouldn't have mattered to uh, the outcome of the day, and it probably would have been funny. Because listen, it was, f- farts are funny.
0: They are. They are. If anybody tries to tell you that farts aren't funny, you should probably just not be friends with them.
1: Yeah. And if you were married to someone who believes that, uh, seek counseling now. It's not too late.
0: Yes. Very important. But it was a great weekend. Perfect weather. Oh, yeah. It was kind of overcast and not windy and just perfect
1: weather for disc golf. It was great. It was beautiful, lush, and green. We probably have a few more weeks of that. It is hot as balls right now here. And it's not that hot. It's not. That's a lie. That's a. That was a blatant lie. Versus like the 65, 70 that we've been living in, it was like 90 today, which was gross. To go like a 20 degree change in a day yeah. is rough. Wherever yeah. you are.
0: And then it's probably going to rain later in the week. So. Yep,
1: and it's supposed to drop 20 degrees tomorrow. Yeah. So, Global false alarm. Barrier. False alarm. Yeah.
0: But that was nice. It was good to uh, meet fellow listeners and, uh, and actually give away a disc. So, keep sending us your suggestions for deer reviews. And if we feature it, we will send you a disc. We promise. That's true. And it wasn't a DX Coyote like Joe promised.
1: No, no, no. I was going to send a uh one twenty eight gram DX Polecat, but I really love that disc. So yeah, st-
0: staple in Joe's bag. The one twenty eight. No, uh, definitely. We
1: we have a plethora of discs. You know, we'll try and send you something that you throw or yeah. that you want to try.
0: Yeah, and uh, and unthrown, as unthrown as possible.
1: Yes, so. probably purely. We've got lots that we haven't yeah. thrown, because so. we're just that kind of dudes. <laughs> that we buy a lot of stuff that we're like, oh yeah, this is it'll probably be awesome and maybe we throw it once we're like yeah nope
0: so again thank you to Wright mormon from napa california for his suggestion and uh we had a great round playing with them yeah we'll do it again
1: and maybe i'll uh you know play better yeah hopefully i can't get much worse can it oh that's totally true (laughs) i really want that to be a anyways what else happened this weekend, Robin?
0: This weekend, we had a one A-tier pro tournament, which was the Mishawaka Meltdown.
1: Which we lied to you for like two weeks saying that uh, Shushrick was going to win and that, yeah.
0: Well, we forgot about that Waisaki guy. Yeah, he's, we didn't he's good.
1: see him in that. He's pretty good. Yeah. Well, he, not, is he, not only is he pretty good, but it was windy as balls. Second yeah. time I brought up balls. That's it. Sorry. This is a disc podcast. You thought I was going to say it, but I didn't. Uh, Waisaki is good in the wind.
0: He is. He is. And it, it proved on the. This tournament just happened to go down to a playoff. Um, and he won it on a very windy day. It looked like they were. Uh, the disc golf guy put up a video of the playoff. And it was a very windy day. He said on the video that it was like 30 to 40 mile an hour winds that were gusting. And uh, the playoff was between Ricky Wysocki and Tim Barham. And uh, Ricky threw out a forehand. And... and
1: knowing that it was a windy day, it went 950 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the forehand distance... Is there a forehand distance record? We should look there, that up. There
0: is. Um... Shout us out if you know this. Yeah, shout us out.
1: I know at one point in time, just because I know he played in the tournament we were just talking about, Scott Stokely had it back in the day.
0: Yeah. Um, well, but, Scott Soakley had the backhand one, too, at one point.
1: Yeah, so maybe he had both. Uh, I guess it, it was there just... There is. A, I mean, it's a thing. It's got to co- be a thing. Koehling.
0: Coling, I bet, would be the one to, to, to do yeah, that. Yeah, if
1: he does that. But I know that Colling used to do like the backhand distance stuff, too. He does, yeah. He does. Bird. But it came
0: down to a playoff, and Wysocki came out victorious because he put his disc within drop-in distance, and his opponent, Barham, had... What looked, it's kind of tough to tell from the angle, but it looked like maybe a 20 footer or so. And mm-hmm.
1: it was just massive wind. And and Barnum threw a great roll or two to get there. And the wind just like, uh, nope, you're going to go over here. Yeah, and just shoved it into a cyclone fence
0: on the side. And uh, his putt just got knocked down by what looked like a pretty strong tailwind. Hit the front of the cage and, you know, Ricky's was a drop in. So he took the, uh, took the wind. Uh, what was surprising to me most of all out of this was, you know, we were both talking about trick thinking right, he was probably going to win.
1: Because the last time that we checked in uh, with each other is we talked after like day one. Mm-hmm. And he had a great day one, and we didn't realize why Saki was playing. Um, and like I've said too, and it's a regional thing, there are probably some, like Barham might be someone who... If you're on the East Coast, you know him, and and he's awesome. Uh, you know, there's there's probably a twenty player cap that we know pretty well, and when we don't see those anymore. names, we pretty much assume that the names that we know are going to be the top finishers. So knowing Shoestrick, and I guess we somehow just overlooked. Waysaki on there? And for the most part,
0: that's true. I mean, there's a core of touring players that are the best in the world. And the the tournaments they show up to, you generally expect them to win. And there are other uh, regional pros that play tournaments within their reach. Because it's just not...
1: Well, and that used to be like Johnny McRae. Johnny McRae, you know, just last year, I think was his first year really going out on tour. But before that, I'm sure if you're like from Florida you've known who Johnny McRae is for a long time because he probably was dominating those events nonstop.
0: Uh, And it's just not financially feasible for a lot of these people. You know, like, uh, coming in 18th place in this tournament netted you $145. Well,
1: same too. Like, Barry Schultz now, I think, just stays regional. Mm -hmm. Michael Johansson is known for being, like, a regional dude, but he's just has, you know, wicked awesome hair, so we've known who he is for days. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Johansson's Andre? awesome, <laughs> legit.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: That's why Robin bought a meteor.
0: <laughs> I didn't buy a meteor. I bought a comet. Oh, whatever. Same. Meteors are cool too. That, whatever. That you could... bought a
1: comet, but you bought a comet because of Michael Johansson. We all know it. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, if you've not seen
1: true. pictures of Robin, he has long, luscious locks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Me and Michael Johansson. Yep. And a cool aside beard. from the the hundred and forty pound weight difference and. Uh, you know. Are you
1: calling Johansson fat, dude? Whoa, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk.
0: Not I'm, even I, I'm sorry, MJ. That was, that was my bad. My bad, man. That was uncalled for. I shouldn't have done that. But what I was mainly getting at that I was surprised about since we had just kind of figured that we would see Shustrick win or be close to the top here was that he was, he was kind of down. He was tied for 13th place yes yeah. um had a what looks like a a couple of bad rounds. It'd be interesting to see I assume that there's more disc golf guy coverage coming, yeah, hopefully, um maybe not, but i uh, I assume there's some of that, but he had a couple of really really kind of uh not so great rounds for will and a couple of good ones, so it was kind of. Up and down, yeah, an up and down performance for him finishing five under, but
1: uh, and how crazy so Waisaki won we've we've already uh mm-hmm. said that a handful of times. he threw the same score all four rounds
0: well no, he threw a uh, forty eight once oh. and forty nines the rest of the time oh dang see that's uh so, uh very close to the same room. score uh every single round, but talk about consistency. I think it speaks to how well Ricky plays in windy condition. Yep. We've seen it yep. in the Texas State Championships in the past where he's he came out victorious. Um, he just seems to perform really well. Yeah, and I
1: feel like when Robin and I really started watching YouTube videos um, either together or like we'd watch them and talk about them later, that was kind of like the big dividing line. Like There was a moment probably three years ago, maybe two years ago, before Macbeth just was kind of head and shoulders a- above everyone. Where if it was windy, we would Wait, put that was, all of our.
0: Hold on. That was two or three years ago that Macbeth was head and shoulders better than everyone?
1: You sure that's not like now? Well it's now, but I'm saying there was a time where I felt like it like went back and forth uh-huh. between Waisaki and Macbeth. Yeah. And I mean one one yeah, totally. But there there was a big moment where like in my mind Shustrick wasn't there anymore and it was the tournament, mm-hmm. if I was going to put my money on someone, it would be Macbeth or Waisaki. Yeah. Like right now, I mean, if Macbeth's in a tournament, if you're putting money down, you're probably going to put it on him. Yeah. But there was a point in time, probably like two years ago, <clears throat> where if we knew wind conditions were going to be a little crazy, we'd probably lean towards Wysocki or Macbeth. And I think McBeth's put a lot of time and work in. I think he, his wind game is great yeah. now. But there was a time where wind totally took him off of his game. Mm-hmm. And Waisaki, as far as the time I've spent following him, has always played really well in the wind.
0: Well, and also having a forehand, a good forehand to pair with a backhand, really helps with windy conditions because it gives you another type of spin and another type of angle to attack a hole depending on the wind.
1: That's true. And I mean, I guess that's part so, of it too. Because I feel like Macbeth has always had a good forehand. But I feel probably within the last year, it's it's really improved. Like he has a, a top level forehand to go along with his obvious top level everything else there is in disc golf.
0: Yeah, he does. And it really does help. Uh, we actually are going to talk about wind. We felt that with the... The recent tournaments and seeing how uh, uh, windy conditions cause We talked about player. a little bit with
1: the distance stuff too. Yeah,
0: and we talked about it with the distance. We felt it was a good time to talk a little bit more in depth about the wind just because of how present it's been in I, everyone's mind. Yeah,
1: well also um, we've gotten away from it in the last few episodes uh, talking about like tips and tricks and things that you can do to help your game. And we felt like this was something that we know decently and, and, you know, we put in a little extra research for. But this is like something for total beginners, intermediate players, you really need to understand what wind is going to do to your disc to help your game. Like if you're going into a windy day trying to throw the exact same discs the exact same way on like the course you're used to, it's it's not going to work out for you.
0: Yeah. And we still see regular players that have no, virtually no understanding of it. Yep. And the wind is probably the single biggest factor on your disc. I mean, your disc is flying through the air. When that air is moving in different directions, mm-hmm. it's going to cause the disc to act very differently. Yep. And if you don't understand that, the disc is not going to do exactly what you think it is. And you combine that with any sort of mistake you make in aim, it could be a huge right. difference. And I feel like some players learn, if they play the same course over and over and over again, they learn a little bit about what the wind is normally like, and so they learn it from that perspective. Right. You know, this hole normally is this way, and I don't understand why I have to throw a bit more of a hyzer on this hole. And, but I do. But I do and out. it works, and it's probably because there's a slight, you know, crossing headwind or something along yeah. those lines. That's
1: and we play a course and we we don't play it as much as we used to, but when I first was starting, it was probably the main course we played. That's super open, way lots of open space, very low technical, and We've gone out a few times with some some big gusting winds, and it makes it a pretty challenging course, especially when mm-hmm. you're so open. And with understanding wind, uh, it's it's helped my game there, but it's totally. Wind is such a tricky thing because you can understand what it does, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a second. But it's also something that you can overdo, I guess, mm-hmm. when you when you switch discs or decide how you're going to throw. Um, it's, it's a very finicky thing, wind is. It is. And it's
0: also a little bit dependent on the lay of the land. You know, sometimes elevation or a, a hill or something like that can cause wind conditions. So there's a little bit of understanding there as to, as to what will happen. But I'd like to start, we're going to start with kind of the four main types of wind. And there are, you know, everywhere and in between. But we're going to cover the four main ones, which would be headwind, tailwind, and the two crosswinds being right-to-left and left-to-right. Again, we're going to make the the um, statement that we are both right-handed players, and we are going to talk about this from the perspective of a right-handed player.
1: And we'll talk backhand, too. Robin has a forehand. I, I don't really, but we're going to talk about backhand just so you can visualize it.
0: Well, yeah, we'll do our best on this one. So the two, in my opinion, the two easiest ones to understand are headwind and tailwind, like a true direct headwind and a true direct Right, so that's when tailwind.
1: the wind is blowing in your face, is a headwind. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, lining up your shot and the wind's blowing directly in your face, that's a headwind. And then obviously if the wind is at your back, that would be a tailwind.
0: So the nice thing about these is they are you know, complete opposites, so they're simple to understand. Uh, the, the headwind essentially makes your disc act a lot less stable. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is that it makes your disc, if your disc could think, it makes your disc think that it's going faster because the air physically around it is moving faster. Right. Which is how your you know stability and the flight numbers of a disc glide and lift, and which or, glide and lift right, are basically lift the same. same. But the stability of your disc and the amount of glide that it gets is directly related to how fast the air is moving around it so when you throw a disc into a
1: headwind it acts as though it's moving faster than it actually is so that's the thing with numbers too that i'll just point out so that first number the speed all the other numbers are based on that first number so if that disc isn't going that speed it's not going to fly to those numbers exactly so if you have a 14 speed disc it needs to be going at pretty much the highest speed possible in yeah. order for it to be true to those numbers. Yeah, you got to be then, throwing it like 100 miles hour. Right, out. and then all the way down the line. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't 100 miles per But anyways, uh, so, yeah, I just want to point that out. So those numbers are based on you throwing it at that speed. So if you throw a 7 speed at the speed, you would throw a 14 speed and could throw a 14 speed. It's not going to act the same way as mm-hmm. those numbers. And in a
0: headwind, typically what you'll want to do is throw a more stable disc because it will combat that headwind. Mm-hmm. The the Normally, a more stable disc uh, will tend to fade away quicker, but the headwind will make it act faster right. in its flight pattern and cause it to get you the carry that you would normally get from a... A lower speed disc, say, say you decide to go in a headwind to choose a higher speed, more overstable disc. Right.
1: So say you really throw like a 10 speed disc, right? You throw a 10 speed and you can get it to do exactly what you want. Now you have a headwind going up to an 11 or 12 that maybe has the same glide and fade and turn numbers. It might act just like yours because that wind is running by it and making it think that it's going that next speed higher and
0: the the feel for this is all in experience you you have to get out there and you have to throw it and see what's going to work but typically in a headwind you want to move up in speed or and or stability right doesn't necessarily have to be both
1: but but uh one of them at least at a minimum now right it's, and, and it's feel too so get out and, and try it. Like, figure it yeah. out. The more you can get out to a field and and get some wind, some headwind, some tailwind, mm-hmm. and throw back and forth, the better understanding you're going to have of what your discs do in said winds. The
0: other thing that's important to know for a, a headwind that I think is that it will tend to lift your disc up. Like, right. physically pop it up in the air and a lot of times aiming low on a headwind will get you the line you're looking for because the headwind will lift it up and this is especially important in putting
1: right yes 100% Uh, that's that's the biggest that was the first time that I really worked to understand wind was when my putts were just going so errant right so if you're putting into a headwind like Ron was saying it's going to pop your disc up. So that's a lot of times you hear pros talk about throwing nose down. That, that is one of the reasons is to combat the lift, which is yeah. what that headwind is
0: And then give adding. you. So in putting, especially when you have a headwind, if you try and do a normal putt and give it some loft, the headwind will pick it up and carry it way further than you anticipated, uh, especially with those putters are low-speed discs with a lot of glide, and you combine uh, high glide numbers with headwind, which gives you more lift. They are going to sail past the basket. Mm-hmm. So keeping your disc either on a low aim or you know kind of a straighter aim, rather than
1: trying to release a little higher in a headwind, is extremely important. Or upping the speed that you're releasing it at too. Yes. You know. So you want, to, and it's tough. And if you're not comfortable with you know, a straight kind of jamming it in, I wouldn't suggest doing this because you could blow way, way past. But a lot of times what I'll do in a headwind is nose down bit, but also try and just spin it in hard. Spin putts, uh, the spin, uh, spin putters
0: are very good in the wind. You know, it's predominantly, I'd say Eric McCabe is probably one of the more prominent pure spin putters yeah, he plays in kansas where they have a ton of wind and the spin of the disc will definitely combat the wind also spin putts tend to be on the same level all the time so that's that's the you know right. the release and the finish tend to be relatively close on right. a, on a spin style putt and we'll go over putting yeah, styles another in, in another yeah. episode but i think it's just important to realize when i whether it's putting or driving in any situation that Keeping the release low on right. on the disc will help to combat what a headwind does, which right. is lift the disc up in the air.
1: And then conversely, obviously, if you're putting with a tailwind, it's going to just drop your disc out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like and like Robin said too, when we were talking about uh, the uh, Mishawaka, what's it? Meltdown. meltdown? I yes. hope I said it right. Sorry if I didn't. Uh, if you watch the the putt. That was missed, you can tell it's straight tailwind because it, it just drops out of nowhere. It does. It loses everything and just goes right to the ground. It does. So
0: tailwinds then is the exact opposite of a headwind. Headwind which will make your disc act more uh, understable. The tailwind will make your disc act more stable. And the reason being the exact opposite of the, of the headwind is that the air moving past the disc from the behind makes it seem like it's going slower because the air force at the front of the disc, the air moving past the disc, is not moving as quickly. Right. And that is the the determining factor. So if you throw a stable disc with a tailwind, you are going to watch that disc drop out of the air and go to the left for a right-handed player very quickly.
1: Right. Well, it's the same thing like throwing a a disc that's too big for your arm. That's way faster than you can throw. So... You know, if you look on Reddit, if you look on Facebook, you'll see people talk about discs like, oh, it's a meat hook. I threw this and it went left automatically. A lot of times, that's because you can't throw it at the speed it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So the tailwind is taking away your arm speed at the same time. So if you're throwing a boss all the time, you know, and you can get it to go f- flip to flat and go straight forward, you got a tailwind... It's going to hook up like it's a fresh champ.
0: Exactly. So it will make your disc act more stable. So typically what you want to do for a tailwind is club down and get something more understable. So a lower speed disc uh, with some understability or just uh, your same mold with uh, being an understable mold. Yeah. That that can be just enough as well. Uh, typically I prefer to do both is is to go to a lower speed disc and have it be understable, but you can simply just have it be understable. Yeah, I
1: think I usually just move to understability. I've got, a, I've got a few discs that are just super beat understable that I'll kind of switch to. The other thing that I do when it's really windy, uh, this is like an awesome move. You should pick this up. Make sure to get a bogey before a really rough wind hole so your partner has to throw before you so you can really understand the wind. I do that purposely all the time with Robin. Isn't it? He thinks like, I'm just getting bogeys. But it's all on purpose to make sure he throws before him when we, get, when we get to those really windy holes.
0: Now, if you understand the wind, you might not necessarily need to do that. Well,
1: you can understand the wind, but to... also you can be at, at holes where the wind is different at different parts of the path to the basket.
0: I don't, I don't know about this give up a stroke to gain a stroke uh, strategy. I don't think that makes I don't think that's really you could just like par both of them
1: well yeah i, I mean, mean you could i think what joe's that. really
0: trying to say is pay attention when other people are throwing because you definitely i mean i don't know how many times i've seen the same group of people make the same oh, exact the mistake throwing on a windy hole where it's you see three people throw in a row and all three of them had the disc in a headwind, and all three of them turned over, and you just wonder, like, did, you know, did anybody notice? Like, you threw that Well, I think thing a lot
1: of people really don't take into account the wind. I, I really don't. Um, and it can be people that have been playing for like a year or two also that just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still, they're like, oh, there's usually a little bit of wind by this hole, and this is what yeah. works. But I mean but even, even
0: sometimes with intermediate players, I think it's important just to have that awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're you're so tunnel vision on what your plan was or what you're going to do, I think it can happen to an advanced player as well. Where you're not fully paying attention. You had a plan, you were gonna do this. Yeah. But then you sometimes you need to adjust when you see that True. Well, something I think you different know what else they
1: run into, and it's something that I ran into at one point, uh just randomly thinking about it. They don't really know their discs.
0: It could be, too. They don't,
1: so maybe they think they're stabling up, and they're they're not at all. Yeah. So I, uh, if you've listened to the majority of our episodes, you've heard that I automatically, like, off the bat, three months into playing disc golf, bought every 14-speed and 13-driver there was and decided I was going to have a huge arm and throw everything super deep, and I couldn't. But at some point, my arm got there where I could throw 11, 12, 13 decently and then realized that uh, the majority of drivers I had were understable drivers. (laughs) And everything was turning over. Um, You know, case in point, like uh, the Vibram Lace. I remember loving that disc for like a day. And then once I could actually throw a driver, I was like, this is a Skyroller.
0: I don't even, yeah, the Vibram Lace is... Is so extremely understable for me. I don't even know what to do with it. I gave it away. I, yeah. I don't
1: even own mine anymore. So, um, so but the, that's what I'm saying is, is they don't know their discs. So maybe they have that headwind, right? And they're like, well, it's a higher speed disc, so it's probably more stable. But, you know, maybe it's a, uh, a West Side King that's kind of beat in and they're throwing into a headwind, say, with uh, a lot of water to the right of it and they just got the disc and they uh put it straight into the water and then they're kind of sad about it like your brother
0: my brother doesn't listen to the podcast does he you? doesn't at all
1: and, and he kind of but he didn't know that disc and he automatically because it was a 13 speed decided that it was more stable than his other discs sure and yeah. it was not
0: yeah the, the the final part of, of tailwind uh, driving that I think is really important is that it does, in fact, give you more carry. Your your distance potential with the right shot in a tailwind is maximized. Like we see with these distance competitions, they obviously get thrown with massive tailwinds. Now, it takes a powerful shot to make it work, but it if you can get the right high, it has to be a high-angle shot with most likely an understable disc you can probably with a tailwind throw the furthest you've ever thrown
1: yes and you have a very good chance to be much further away from the basket than you were when you teed off that's possible
0: but if you if you get the angles right you can you can make it work so there is big time distance potential it's just another shot that you need to learn yep uh, as as part of your kind of growth as a disc golfer okay
1: offer. and at this point i'm going to turn crosswind over to you because I, the only thing that I know and pay attention to is when I throw things on Heiser and Anheuser and how much it'll push it left to mm-hmm. right or right to left. But I know you have a better understanding and give kind of more insight as to why that is and moreover what crosswinds will do to your disc.
0: So the, the crosswinds being either left to right. And right to left. Again, I'm right-handed player, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it from a right-handed standpoint, but I'll also talk about forehand, which which can be uh for the left-handed players, that'd be the, the part that would make the most uh sense for you, would be the forehand section. But overall, no matter what, a disc will tend to push or carry in the direction of the crosswind, in a true crosswind, especially. If you give that crosswind a face of your disc. Um, So if the the crosswind is left to right and you're a right-handed player, your hyzer is going to drop out of the air. So when you throw a hyzer from left to right, essentially if you're a right-handed player and the crosswind is left to right, that means when you're standing on the tee pad, the wind is at your face. It, it's uh, right. when you're uh, standing you're... At the T-bat in your form. So when you're when you're standing, pointing straight out with your shoulders aiming towards the pin, the the wind is coming at your body. So if you throw a hyzer shot where the disc angle is towards that wind, it will not go high up in the air. It will tend to drop down quickly and and push in the direction of that wind. So off to the right, mm-hmm. in your case, very difficult to throw. A traditional hyzer shot with a left to right crosswind with your what you would normally use. You can combat it by using a more understable disc because hmm. uh, the flipping up of that disc will combat the crosswind. I'm learning. <laughs> That's good. I the Things I should already know, but I like it. So Anheusers in that respect will lift and carry more to the right. So if you throw an Anheuser, it will likely have trouble fading back at the end of its flight pattern and it will lift high up in the air and possibly the lift high up in the air will will allow it to slow down and fade but if you throw it hard enough it just might not come back it might just be a true turnover shot if you have a wind that's going left to right. The other thing that happens with these sorts of winds is skips can be exaggerated in either direction so if the, if the crosswind is, is coming, say, for instance, on a forehand shot from left to right, that wind will push the skip more to the left. So if you've got a wind that's going left to right on you and you throw a forehand shot as a right-handed player, that skip when it lands is going to be more exaggerated. Hmm. So you also have to keep that in mind on the landings and the type of disc that you choose, whether you're going for that skip shot, a low line, you have to know that the push of that wind is gonna carry that skip even more than normal. So, um, Now on a right to left shot, it's the exact opposite as it was before. Anheisers will drop out of the sky for a right-handed player, and hyzers will lift and carry. Mm -hmm. In the same case, when it's right to left, you will still have the disc carry in the direction of the wind. Right. So if you throw a a Heiser shot with a right to left wind, it will have a tendency to lift up in the air and go big time left. Just just sail off to the left hand side.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: So, and then in the same exact way, Anheuser's will drop, not get their true flight, and push off to the left. So, uh. A lot of times, you know, same thing with anhyzer. If you go with a a slightly more, um, um, um sorry, if you if you go with a uh, with a slightly more understable disc, you can get it to combat the wind
1: on an anhyzer.
0: On an anhyzer,
1: understable or overstable? Uh, because you're going to go overstable sorry, sorry. from a hyzer, which means you should go. Overstable for an, with an Anheuser? Yes,
0: yes, yes. Okay, that is correct. That makes sense. Yes, um, so it's in. There are quarter winds also that you can disc, that we can go over, but I, I think that's probably that's, that's the basis for <laughs> for wind. But understanding those few things, if you if you start there and then move forward to to understanding the other directions of the wind and how that how that affects you. Um, but those four, those main ones, are, are going to be really important to understanding what your disc is, yep. is going to do and why it's going to work in certain directions.
1: Yep. So I'd say first and <clears throat> foremost, know your disc. Yeah. And then secondly, find a place near you that you get some, some gusts, where you have some wind that you can play with. Whether it's a course that you can get out to a lot or if it's just a field near you, uh, the more you throw in wind the more you'll acclimate and kind of know exactly what your discs do and kind of at what speed of wind how you should be thrown and what you should be thrown.
0: Yes. Cool. Exactly. There are also a couple of really terrific videos. Oh, yeah. Good call. Um, one is by um, Best Disc Golf uh, Videos, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a great channel um, that that has a great video on Headwind. There's also a terrific um, Discraft on the Discraft website, which I love Discraft, but their website looks like it was made in
1: 1974
0: a little bit. So Discraft... Well, that
1: was the last time they had more than one, like, A-tier touring pro. (laughs) That's not true. That was a joke. That was a total joke, but... They have one right now,
0: but uh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Best disc golf discs on YouTube has a great short video on wind. They also have some other ones on glide and yeah, a few other things they are really important for for understanding what your disc does and why you're throwing certain ways. It's very important when you throw to understand why you did something. Mm-hmm. It, there's a a lot of times when when in in leadership situations when you talk to people about about doing certain things and why you did it having a reason even yep. if you made the mistake having a reason for why is better than just well i don't know i just did yep. it
1: yep you got to have the why behind exactly
0: sure. so very important to understand that also the like i said the discraft website there's a a section called mastering the wind that is explains all the quarter winds and is very excellent resource if if you take the the 15 minutes to read through that section and watch the video you will have...
1: Well, if you're like me, it's like 35 minutes. I don't really know how to read. But uh, I get my way through it. Again, Joe, Molding the Children of America. That's just a joke. I'm an excellent reader. I just choose not to. It reads good. It reads real good. It speaks really good, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. But take the time to to learn about it. It will make your game better if you read up about the wind and what it does to your disc. It's one of the most important things you can understand.
1: For sure.
0: Aside from just like putting the disc in the chains like every time
1: right well i mean if you throw it in off the tee pad you don't need to worry about anything exactly you don't need to worry about putting you don't need to worry about approaches just ace every time and you're set
0: excellent strategy
1: foolproof that's what i'm gonna do from now on exactly why didn't i think about that before (laughs) all right guys i know uh you've all been listening for this moment the favorite uh world famous part of our show we are moving into our deer review, our disc and beer pairing. Robin, why don't you tell them the beer that we've got?
0: Well, first, three, two, one. Oh, I it just a little this just this beer is in a can. It is, which is the first time in this episode we've reviewed a beer that is canned. So that's a new thing. But today we are tonight, as a matter of fact, we are reviewing uh, "Good Night" by Oscar Blues Brewing out of Colorado. Along with the uh, Latitude 64 Claymore. and uh, Get it? Like Knight
1: and Claymore? Knight is
0: spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. Like, yeah. Like, sword. like it's
1: good night, but it's like a knight like knight in shining armor knight. Like Lancelot. Yeah. Yeah. I always said like Arthur. Well, I guess Lancelot. Arthur's the, the king. king. Lance okay. 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 I'm just saying. All right. Someone's yeah. been watching Kingsman.
0: Listen, I, I begrudgingly read Once in Future King in high school, so... You know.
1: I did not. <laughs> go back to uh, the segment we just finished about me and reading, <laughs> but I have watched the beginning of Kingsman like thirty-five times.
0: That's not. I don't see how that. Uh, okay.
1: Well, because they have like uh, King Arthur's court names.
0: Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I just can't get past the name Eggsy. Who names their child Eggsy? Maybe that's a super popular name in England. I'm right. just insulted Robin. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bernie. <laughs> jerk (laughs) it's not like there's a billion joes in the world
1: there's uh true story fifth grade i was one of four joes in in my class like in my like little classroom not in all of the fifth grade but in the single classroom that i was in yep i was joe h until like high school good times. <laughs> so anyways, so good Latitude
0: I 64 Playmore, which is a speed 5, uh glide 5, uh turn -1 and fade 1 mid-range disc by Latitude 64 and we the, the ones we're holding actually from are from the 2014 Trilogy Challenge, which is something that's put on by Dynamic Discs, uh, essentially. That is a tournament where you get three discs, a mid-range, a driver, and a putter, and you play amongst your peers. Yeah. With that new plastic, and see how it goes. So, we actually played in a trilogy challenge here in our local area, and had a few of these. So uh, we decided to review it because the Claymore is. We did. A we
1: had. So we also did. A we brought it up disc. Sorry, we also brought it up a couple times too that we bought like the mystery boxes from uh dynamic disc and i think we each got one or two extra of these or i got think i got one more this actually, i didn't the one that i'm holding i believe is the one i got out of that box okay not the one i got from the trilogy challenge
0: gotcha so i had uh, th- this one is from the trilogy challenge that i know that i i picked this one up from it but it is their recycled line plastic, mm-hmm. so it's not a standard plastic that they put out and everything. But it is a fairly grippy plastic. I, I like the way it feels. Oh, yeah. It was, for me, my favorite disc from that challenge. So the other disc, there was the Thief. Right. And there was the Shield. Right. Uh, it was which, the putter.
1: The, which the Putter was the most stable disc. The of Putter, that.
0: the Shield, a lot. being the Putter, was the most stable disc of the bunch. Uh, the Thief was an understable kind of fairway driver, I would consider. We almost could have
1: done a double, like, shield Claymore with G'Knight.
0: That's true. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Well, why not? Let's go grab a shield. There's like seven over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You, you, uh, you got lots of them.
0: So, bonus deer review. We uh, We're Double disc it up. The shield, the other disc that was part of the trilogy challenge. A Claymore and a shield just seems to make sense. If only we also had a, you know, a sword along with us oh that's true then then we'd really be doing it so that was the overstable putter that that came with which is a a nice beaded putter but in any case the the i feel like the claymore was the star of that particular challenge definitely it it, it's a very straight flying mid-range disc you can pick it up and and throw it on a on a perfect straight line you can get it to do a turnover Mm -hmm. um you can you can hyzer it out and and have it work that way but it was a a perfect mid-range disc. It's what you ask for. Something that you can throw on a laser straight line with a little bit of fade. It was It was probably the one that I threw on most holes just because I honestly didn't know what the Thief was going to do. Right. Right. <laughs> so, oh, the Thief.
1: And the, and the thing is, too, uh, <laughs> yeah. The th- we don't need to go into the Thief. <laughs> Anyways, so the Claymore was cool. So it is a minus one. And it's, it, it lives up to that. So, mm-hmm. uh, time out turn. You know, and I have... I think I brought this up before. I know I at least have brought up with, with Robin before. Trilogy stuff, especially like this line, is pretty true to the numbers, if not a little bit off. A little less stable in my eyes, Trilogy Plastic is, than its numbers. But that's based on throwing mainly Innova. And I feel like fresh Innova discs, especially like Champion and Star are way more stable than their numbers denote. Like, you need to wear them and you need to beat them in before they're really there. This was pretty much true to that off the bat. So, you know... I agree. For me with the Claymore, um, I don't really flip mid-ranges and putters that much. I think a part of it is I uh, only throw like fan or a modified fan with my putters and mid ranges. I don't power grip them. It doesn't feel right in my hand. And I think that might keep it from that flip but I can definitely rock this bad boy just flat and it will turn a nice slow right turn for me. That's pretty much the main thing I keep it in my bag for either forehand approaches where I want it to kind of hold a nice slow Anheuser line so if I'm throwing forehand I want it to go left for me on like, like a get slow out line. of jail shot Exactly yeah. uh, Or if I'm throwing backhand and I want it To turn over and go right for me mm-hmm. In a nice controlled uh, Turn and maybe a little bit Of fade at the end But for the most part it holds the line that I want um, Obviously it is a speed 5 it's, it's not a putter So if you don't put enough on it It's going to hook up and come back mm-hmm. But the majority of the time I feel good about it so it's something like in my bag for just that this
0: is a a a nice disc i would say for me being i mentioned many times that I, i throw buzzes and i also have a comet in my bag to me this is right in between those two the in between the buzz and the comet in terms of of stability it doesn't it's a it still has a little bit more Stability and fade than than what you'll get out of the the comet, but it's not quite as as uh, stable as the buzz. So really terrific disc. I there was the one thing that came out of that was I really loved uh, love well, the, the shield, claymore for a minute and the shield. I actually, you fully
1: switched to shield for like a well, couple months because
0: I made every putt I shot that day. That yeah. was great, but uh, nonetheless, it was great disc. The claymore. I would say if people ask me what mid-range they should try i tell them three i say you're either gonna be a rock thrower a buzz thrower or check out the claymore if you yeah. don't like those three or those two because it really is does belong in that that level it's a terrific mid-range disc They it doesn't have the counterparts like the the buzz um has where you've got your buzz ss and buzz os and and, you know, the rock has various uh, molds and, and plastics. plastics and things like that. So, but you can get opto claymores and um, gold line. And there's various plastics that this comes in. Yeah, into. I had a
1: frost line that uh, was much more stable than this one, actually. Um, I couldn't get it to turn as smoothly for me. It was a little more stable. And in all honesty, that's... Not what I wanted out of this disc. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't buy that because I wanted a more stable Claymore. Like, I've got my Buzz. Uh, I throw with a Judge. It's I wanted the nice, smooth right turn. So, I, I, I gave it away. Um, gotcha. I'll probably continue to buy these. Uh, if, if I find out that they're not going to sell these Recycled Bones anymore, and from what I've seen, they have lots of these left over all over the place, <laughs> I'll probably buy a handful just to have, or... You know, by that time, I'll probably have a buzz that's kind of beat up enough to, to do it, too. Yeah. So, I, I like it, though. It's It feels really good in the hand. Um, it has, like, a really slight bead. It's not mm-hmm. over-the-top bead. Um, yeah, I, think, I would say it
0: does. It, it, is, it has a, a bead ridge to it. It's just not overbearing.
1: Right. and it's, The it's, other thing
0: about the Claymore is I think it has great distance potential. Yep. Because of the amount of glide that it has, and the little bit of turn that, in the right conditions, uh, you can get this disc to fly a very mm-hmm. long ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the right kind of semi-turnover to S-line yep. type shot, yep. you can really get a a pretty good bomb out there with the Claymore. So it's a it's a great disc. And it is. Really, it is. really terrific and in my mind a, a top three mid range. Yeah.
1: So it lives in my bag. It's uh you know, it's a lost disc away from being in Robin's <laughs> bag. Pretty much, yeah. The beer. Oh. Man, so I've had this before. I've had it on tap actually a few times. I've had it in the can a few times. I forgot how good it was. We just cracked these and I took a sip and you're not gonna hear it because I think I whispered it very <laughs> very lightly, but Man, it's good.
0: Yeah, Joe had
1: like a happy tear. I did. I did. Like it. just a just single tear rolling down my cheek. The solitary tear oh, just crept down his face. Oscar Oscar Blues does not do me wrong.
0: Yeah, they, Oscar Blues, we are a big fan of what they're doing. Uh, they produce some really great beers and give, give them and, to us in tall cans. And cans. And cans. <laughs> nice portable tall cans for, say, but a most, disc
1: golf round. But most 22s are also portable because of the bug.
0: Yeah, there you go. But it is an imperial red IPA, a double IPA, a strong one, eight point seven percent, sixty, 60 IBU, IBUs. Yeah. So you can taste the bitterness. It is a bitter beer. It tastes strong. It's so, so it's very good. Um,
1: just what do you think? <sighs> it's up, I know but you're, it's not, you're, you're emotional right it's now. It's so, so good. So it's it's to, so good. So a lot of times when you have like the high. IBU um, beers are, are taken over by the bitter and this isn't the case you know it's not it's not only bitter
0: oh no, oh, no. I
1: just spilled so Joe, just, some Joe beer. just
0: spilled some beer oh I'm so sad you're gonna have to do so many pushups after this episode for that
1: I'm so sad I'm, I'm sorry about your carpet but you guys I'm more are listening
0: sad. to disc golf tragedy <sighs> Disc Golf Beer Review Tragedy. Why don't you talk
1: about it? I'm going to finish this because I Super
0: party foul.
1: I feel bad about myself Super party and my foul. beer. <laughs> uh. So
0: this is a very strong flavored beer, just in general. The the Imperial Red IPA uh, style is is very powerful. You can taste the bitterness. Um,
1: it's It almost tastes thick. It does, definitely. Especially when you drop it on the ground and you have a lot of foam in there. Yeah. It's like extra thick. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do not do that. That's my suggestion to the world. Don't uh, lean over to look at your friend's laptop and then drop your beer.
0: Yeah. Pro tip, hold on to your beer firmly so you don't drop it on the floor so that you can then continue to drink it instead of being sad. And I'm pretty
1: positive you knocked out a beer last episode or two episodes ago.
0: Well, I didn't do it during the episode. You totally did. That's not accurate. Yeah, you're probably right. Shit. That's totally inaccurate. Just... Totally jacking it up, but uh, so the the imperial style I believe comes from a, a, a English style that was brewed for Imperial Russia at the time, and so listen,
1: imperial strong. just means it is strong just,
0: and it's awesome. The gist of it is meant to be strong enough for people that drink vodka in the snow. I think that's that's basically. What what it, what well, it comes We don't
1: have on. any snow, but if we did, I'd totally drink and black And Obviously,
0: the red, when you pour this beer, you very much see that amber tone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a dark colored, you know, red beer. Um, delicious. Perfect. Really great. I'd say anything you get from Oscar Blues, go for it.
1: Yeah. So so the so here's the thing. We've talked about it so many episodes about like high alcohol beer and how we don't really bring it on the course. So here's the here's the difference. I wouldn't take an 8.7 and a 22. Yeah. Cause that's, just, that's just too much beer at that alcohol to like live with myself and know that I'm going to be able to play... Did you do that on Sunday? ...a competent round. Racer's not 8.
0: No, it's not. I was just curious because... No, it had nothing to do with alcohol.
1: <laughs> Sunday had nothing to do with alcohol. Sunday had all to do... I'll tell you what Sunday had to do with. And I, we talked about it prior. I am working on my mechanics... So Robin took some footage of me driving and the biggest glaring issue that I have is that I don't turn my hips enough. My my hips pretty much stay square the entire Mm -hmm. way through my entire drive. So I've been working on getting more rotation and turning my hips more and that's all I thought about on Sunday and because of that I was behind in every other piece of my mechanics because I'm used to letting go at a certain point. And now because of trying to turn more, I'm reaching back more. And it's throw, threw off all my timing. So everything came out early in on a hyzer. Bad time for me to experiment with my hips. Mm-hmm. Playing around with who I didn't know. But uh, that's what happened. Not alcohol. Robin. <laughs> Anyways. Because it comes in an awesome like 16 ounce can. Mm-hmm. I would bring it with me. I would definitely just one. Like, you're not going to have a backpack full of these bad boys for a round. Uh, you're going to maybe start your round with one of these and then roll they, to, They like... come in
0: four packs, so if you're playing with some other people, you could bring it. But, yeah.
1: I mean, but yeah. I might rock two, but that would be all I would have for the round. Or the day, yeah. Or that's, the day, yeah.
0: That's a, that's uh, a...
1: But I, I definitely would take this with me. It, yeah. uh Man, it's good. I'm so bummed right now. I'm not going to lie. Gosh. Here, Joe.
0: I'll share with you.
1: You're so great. There you go. You're, you're the you're the best co-host so, ever.
0: So I agree. I I would I would absolutely bring this with me. And in a rare turn of events, I would say I'll put the claymore in my bag too. Not just because I have in the past, and and probably will in the future. It you know depending on what course I go to. It, Sometimes there's a need for another mid range with a slightly different flight pattern. And yours is so pretty. But the claim, <laughs> but the claymore, it is you know kind of cycles in and out depending on my needs. It's also, in my opinion, a great uh, early on mm-hmm. mid range disc yes. for for new players. Definitely. Um, Depending on on what what I give them, but it's it's a good disc to bring along to let them throw because of the glide. Right. For one, it's gonna let them throw further than normal, and the stability is going to not mask form flaws, uh, in my opinion.
1: You Um, know, it it reminded me the the way it flies, not the way it feels. The way it flies reminded me a lot of like a McPro Rock Three. So for a while, I carried both in my bag. Uh, I think it's a little <clears throat> more stable than the McPro Rocker I I, I agree. But yeah. also, uh, this plastic holds up well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the McPro, like, plastic. So I had both in my bag, and they had kind of the same flight, and I don't really know why I had both. But that thing got beat mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, And this thing, I'm sure I've hit all sorts of trees and rocks, and it's barely scuffed. Yeah, Like, this plastic holds up really well. The flight has stayed consistent, um you know like i said i've hit a lot of stuff and you can see a little wear and tear but you don't see it in the flight and i don't throw it i mean it's it's pretty utility but the courses we play there's there's at least one hole in each course that we play locally that i'm pulling this disc out so it, it's for sure got a place in my bag
0: yeah and uh we should also say that The Recycled Line uh, Trilogy Challenge Claymores you can find online relatively Mm -hmm. inexpensively. And I would recommend checking them out because I really like the plastic compared to the Opto. Yeah. Um, Which is the most common uh, Claymore that you see out there are those Opto Line ones. Gold Line too, but I I feel like I see more Opto. Right. Um, but great disc and, and not that expensive if you're looking for it in this recycled line. I yeah, think it's, you'll fi- a, I think it's find great it, plastic. You might
1: even find it on Dynamic Discs. If not, it's all over eBay. You can find them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Good plastic, great disc, in my bag. Beer is fantastic. Um, yep. I I think this is in all chains. I think so. We I bring them both along. for. Yep, our... yep. And I think we actually uh, might do that this weekend.
0: Yeah. So aside from the, the tournament coverage, uh, that, or from the one tournament that we had, the Mishawaka meltdown that Waisaki took down this last weekend, some really great stuff happened in terms of videos of yes. tournament coverage this last week that you really got to watch. Everybody has to see this. We've got three of them here. Um, the St. Patrick's Classic. We had the second round posted yep, by from
1: Pure, Heiser Productions. Pure Heiser
0: Productions, which is the must-watch.
1: It is, and man, they uh, uh, what have been in the game for maybe a year? I think a little longer, maybe, than that, maybe but... a little over a year. Well, I guess I've been watching for maybe just over a year. They their production value has gone way up. They're yeah. on top. Their commentary is great.
0: Pavo does a great job.
1: He totally does.
0: Yeah, and and also just a, a good course. And extremely high-level play. Um, You know, Waisaki is basically like NBA jam on fire the whole time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That course is so cool, too. So that's, you know, we live in an area with not a lot of courses around, so we got to go distances. But this, luckily, is a course that Robin actually lived near for a while, and I've been out to a few times. And there's nothing cooler, and I've said it probably this is the third or fourth time in an episode, there's nothing cooler than watching people play on a course that mm-hmm. you have played and you understand and you know what it looks like and you know how hard it is to get mm-hmm. where these guys are throwing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the next one, this is a must watch from two different productions. We've got kind of a, a, uh, a collaboration between Jomez Productions and CCDG. Uh, that are putting out videos of the disc golf world tour. So a couple right. more of those came out. Uh, one on Jomez and one on Central Coast Disc Golf that are very much must watches. So they're commentary by Central Coast Disc Golf on a Jomez video and then um, you know a regular CCDG video.
1: How do you how do you feel about CCDG?
0: <laughs> I think they are uh, pushing the the quality and production value overall in disc golf videos and i uh, very much appreciate what they do yeah that, that'd be a, a non fanboy way of putting it i guess
1: but you are a fanboy
0: yeah for sure <laughs> they do they, they do a great job they do so and then jomez has been putting out high quality video for a couple years now uh, and including course maps and things like that 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 he's done some nice kind of 3d effects and for sure and another uh you know kind of great uh production and and film quality basically this is god's work they're bringing us the disc golf we want to see
1: they are they're doing such a good job i'm like so pumped i'm excited like the cool thing is we've said it so many times we have young sons robin actually has another one uh who might be being born in the next 10 minutes we don't know
0: my phone's not close enough for me to know whether my wife's okay
1: she's just over there um by the time our boys are really playing, because come on, they're going to play. Yeah. They're going to have, we're going to be able to watch with them streaming awesome disc golf. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: It is. My youngest son, Dez. anything that is is round and thin, he thinks is, is a disc. So like coasters, he'll go to people's house and, and he thinks coasters are, are discs. That's awesome. So, like, I have to be like, no, you can't throw that. But I go, and the other day there was a, like a, a ceramic one, and he just picks it up and just hucks it. And I'm like, oh crap.
1: Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. I was, I was saying that the other day too. Uh, so, I put, you just like you put with Desiree, I do it with Henry, and he will applaud it when I make it, and he's mm-hmm. pumped. But if I miss, he'll also be like, oh, you didn't make it, Dad. Oh, you missed. Like, Say like nice job, <laughs> good job. Like my, my like great, great my, line. My wife has has <laughs> exactly great right. line. Right. Nice run.
0: I feel like I feel like great line is the disc golf equivalent of
1: eh. And nice run. <laughs> yeah. Ni- nice run is yeah. also one of those like oh nice run. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like the well, good on you for yeah. trying. Hey,
1: uh, you, you got close. You did that. <laughs> good, good up. Yeah, I was trying to run the putt. It wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, job, it didn't work. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I think should
0: be watched is a short video. I assume there's more coming, but from the disc golf guy, the Misha meltdown playoff between uh, Barham and Waisaki. It feels worth watching just because it's a, it's a playoff, even though we already spoiled it for you. But uh, it's worth seeing the windy conditions and how one player used the wind to his advantage and how another player threw a roller, and showed the face of his disc to the wind and allowed it to push it to the side. If that fence wasn't there in that video, that disc was going oh, yeah. so far to the right.
1: Well, and then we fun. also talk about putting in the wind, and you'll see that mm-hmm. too.
0: So, I think that, that probably that Barham made a poor choice in terms of his throw. But, you know, it's maybe he did that on purpose, thinking
1: I will make that putt from the fence no matter what. You know, but it's also... Who knows the wind at the pad versus the wind mm-hmm. at the pin could have been totally different. Yep, and he could have played it perfect. I mean, and it looked perfect until it, did. it got close and just got knocked oh, over. It
0: was nuts. That he so, just got shoved to the right. You know, so it's quickly. just it's
1: just a part of uh, you know. And who's to say Rick didn't see that and say, "Oh, yeah, it's windy down there. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip it right there because now yep. I know what it looks like down there." Yep, just like why I. Try to make sure that Robin throws Still, first
0: in windy conditions. Kids, if you're listening at home, get every stroke you can. Never give up a single one. Also,
1: kids, if you're listening at home, I hope you're not like really young kids because I feel bad about you listening at home. No, I don't think we curse too much in this episode. We don't. We don't.
0: Just occasionally. When I just we cried like get a little loose. Joe spilled a beer my and like man cried for for a while there.
1: It was a, it was a sad moment.
0: Yeah, it was. It's going to be a sad moment in this
1: podcast. That's Oh, a somber moment. Can we just have, like, a moment of silence for my spilt beer?
0: Like, dead air with Joe, like... Just just, just like dry, Robin, Robin. Dry heap crying. Just, just, just a moment. All right, that's enough.
1: Yeah, that was enough. Thank you. I, I needed that.
0: <laughs> Joe, why don't you give everyone our social media hit as we're closing out this podcast... Yes. Let so, them know how to reach us, how to find us, how to submit
1: their ideas for our future deer reviews yeah. where they can win a disc. So you can submit So submit that. Also, if you have questions, like we said, we're just some dudes who like to play disc golf. We'll do our best to answer. If you have them, you can send them. If you have a deer review idea, send it to us. You can send it to any of our platforms. You can send it to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. You can actually go to thediscgolfpodcast.com. It'll actually push you to our Facebook while we're working on our website. You can go to our Twitter, which is the Disc Pod or at the Disc Pod. We're also on Instagram, the Disc golf Podcast. We have a Snapchat that we'll probably never use because I learned that's used for bad things. I'm pretty sure it's for dick pics. I think that's what Snapchat's for. I think you said it. I think you said the magic word, but we're too far into this. We had a bet going before we started the recording that maybe you'll learn about. Probably not. Uh, check us out. Let us know what you think. Um, thank you so much. We actually had a really great week with listens. Like we said last week, we are fueled by you guys listening and leaving comments, uh, leaving reviews. It helps push us to do this we don't make any money. We just love it. We want to have a good time. We want you to have a good time. The more we know what you like, the more we know that you love us. It makes our hearts bigger. It makes us want to do it more.
0: And if we drop off the face of the earth in uh, the next few days, it's because Robin's wife uh,
1: went into labor and... and... <laughs> or or if you start seeing like really crappy pictures on our Instagram, uh, that means... Robin's wife had a child, and Joe (laughs) took over the Instagram account. So I apologize. (laughs)
0: But, uh, and uh, if you also see an infant for some reason pop up on Instagram, that will also be a good indication. Right.
1: So we we did make one change, which I don't know if you will all see, but just a heads up. We were kind of co-doing the Disc Golf Podcast on Instagram and realized that Robin was way better than I was. So Robin now, that is his. Instagram handle. I've got mine, uh, Joe Hardiman on Instagram if you want to follow me. It's mostly just reposts of the disc golf podcast, but uh, Infants will be Robin's little guy when he comes. It will happen. It will. And yeah. And hopefully it won't happen before we can get out and play around this weekend. And the same to you, if you have a chance, either later this week or rolling into your weekend or whenever, hopefully you can get out. And play at least a round.
0: Yeah. Have a good round. Improve your game. Throw some good shots. Have fun. Think about that wind. Have a great weekend. Don't drop your beer. Don't drop your beer. Party pal. Thanks, guys.